Okay. Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode. I'm Rob. There has been a transgression against the House of Paris! I'm David, and we're here with a, um, filler episode, uh, recorded long, long ago, uh, in case shit happened and we couldn't record a new episode, so, uh, here it is. Yes, I mean, who knows what could happen in the, uh, in the future that could affect this. so think of this as like a like a time capsule but but don't try don't try and find out when we recorded it because we are using not only the trace buster but the trace buster 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 <laughs> oh this i i have mentioned this movie we're talking about um the movie the big hit one of my favorite movies from the great mark? year 1998 Yes, that, that I have mentioned to Rob on multiple occasions because every once in a while I quote the Trace Buster Buster line or other things. Maybe not as much uh, quotes of Avery Brooks, but everything he says is quotable. Yes. So uh, this is, Bust I believe this is, caps. this is pre um, Boogie Nights, I think. Like it was, uh, I think it was, so. I think shot before it, but came out after it. I guess. Yeah, so this is um kind of it is a one of the first Mark Wahlberg vehicles back yep. when that seemed hilarious. <laughs> yes. Back when he didn't want to be uh thought of and as was, an uh, underwear model. Yes, as uh, directed by Kirk Wong who is like a a Hong Kong director. Yeah, he And um, it's kind of very much a Hong Kong action comedy. Yes, it it like he directed um a Jackie Chan film, Crime Story, I think, which is one of the oh, more which serious is like, Jackie like Chan Like a serious. Movies. Yeah, it's, it's a serious Jackie Chan. Which is usually Chan. not a good idea. Not usually. I think I've seen it, and it was okay. Like, not as enjoyable as the Police Story movies, because those are more mm. over the top. Yeah. But it was okay. Yes. So, our, our premise is that uh, Mark Wahlberg is Melvin Smiley... <laughs> uh, who is part of a squad of beefcake hitmen. Beefcake, as described in the movie, um, Spice Boys, which uh, it turns out yes. was an ad-libbed line. And they are based in an unnamed American city that is obviously Toronto. <laughs> if you say so, I, I... Some of the locations were giving me, like, a middle-of-nowhere uh, Jersey vibe, like... um. The the video rental place. I I think I've driven by that place. That yeah, that I'm not sure where they filmed that, but like the very opening scene, you see the Toronto skyline. Ah, and it's blatantly Toronto. And then the uh off like the hotel I think that they're conducting their first hit in is uh the Winter Garden Theater. Oh, neat. Yes, which is a very like ornate downtown Toronto theater, like a like a live theater. Oh, D- does it have a swimming pool? I'm guessing no. No, it does not. No, that <laughs> uh, that is an actual swimming pool though, and they CG'd in like the reflection of the building because it's actually like an outdoor pool in a park. Yeah, the CG reflection on the water is kind of bad, but I'd hope at least intentionally so. Yeah. I mean, it was 1998. Our yeah. internet wasn't great. Our CG wasn't great. So anyway, he is part of this squad with uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, playing um, Cisco. Antonio. 
Yes, Antonio Sabato Jr., who is yeah. I think now mostly known for being like a, a big Trump guy. Oh, he was he was in um some teen show thingamabob or something. I think he he's on a soap opera, I believe. Oh, soap opera. You got Robin Dunn, who's Canadian, and uh, and you've got Bokeem Woodbine, the Shocker. Yes, like I I remember a lot of this movie playing Crunch. Which is presumably a nickname, but Crunch. I, I I did not realize he was the Shocker until after I'd seen uh, Homecoming. So I was like, "Oh, Crunch, mm-hmm. neat." Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys who's sort of been around forever, but you only noticed him recently. <coughs> yeah. And his main characteristic in this movie is that he's a an adult man who has only now discovered masturbation. Yeah, because um. Uh, Mark Wahlberg's character, Melvin Smiley, is in multiple relationships. He he has a fiancé and a mistress, and, and you could imagine he probably has more bad relationships. And and the thing is that uh, Bokeem Woodbine's character, Crunch, has has been in relationships forever, has never had to masturbate. Yeah, he says he's been getting laid since he was 10. Yeah, he's moved beyond that and so into sp- only masturbating. And that's that's his one note, and he hits it. So well in oh, the, the acting in this movie, almost every actor, except for, uh, I guess, Wahlberg and uh, the, the girl, China Chow, everybody else is overacting to the point of perfection. Yes, this is a real ham fest. Yeah. So uh, anyway, and these this hit squad works for um, they work for Avery Brooks, Captain Benjamin Sisko himself. The biggest ham of them all as Paris. In this oh, movie. he is hamming it up. It's weird that Captain Sisko and a character named Sisko are in the same movie. That also makes me giggle. Oh, yeah, I never thought of that. And, they, and he's, he'd already been, he's, this is like mid Deep Space Nine. He probably did this in like the summer. Yeah. And oh, he's, oh, he's chewing so much scenery. It's, it's a treat to see. Like, I, Avery Brooks isn't in enough movies because he's kind of a crazy person. But when he gets to let loose, oh, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, I mean, he he hams it up in Deep Space Nine occasionally as well. Yeah, like uh, that episode where he like gets hit in the head and he thinks he's like a sci-fi writer in the fifties. <laughs> It's real. I created it in my mind. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Wahlberg is like a the world's nicest henchman or world's nicest hitman. He is, um, like his his main goal, as he states multiple times in the movie, is that he doesn't want anyone not. He wants everyone to like him. Which, like, to a pathological point, like, like he he seems like a nice, um, um. Nice guy who who's always courteous and kind, but he's also a killer. So he's he's like a pathological maniac. Yes, but but it's Mark Wahlberg being calm and understated and and seeming like a naive little boy who just kills people. Yeah, I'm uh, just as I I, I I kill people for a living, but I actually like people. Yeah, I, I, and I mean, there's like also people. the whole thing where he is. Yeah, he's engaged to Christina Applegate, TV's Kelly Bundy. Uh, playing, uh, Pam Schulman in, uh, exaggerated Jewish, I guess? 
Oh, she like, she is a Jewish American princess in this. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a little bit too far, I think. I mean, every everybody I, else yeah, in this the, movie is over the top, but it, it's the well, Jewish on, stuff in this movie is a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I. I uh, but he's also in a relationship with his mistress, uh, Leela Roshan, uh, from <laughs> Waiting to Exhale. Oh, I knew I'd seen her somewhere. And she's she's in a lot of stuff. She's in Any Given yeah. Sunday. Uh, she's in Meteor Man. Oh. And uh, both Breakin' and Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo. Oh, neat. I've only seen Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo. She's, she's a dancer. And, uh, oh, and she's, uh, she's married to Antoine Fuqua, uh, director of Training Day. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, and he, in addition to all of this, he's being harassed by a, an employee of Big Top Video <laughs> for a missing tape of King Kong Lives. Yes. That, um, I, there, there's so many things in this movie that I enjoy, but like the fact that kind of the MacGuffin of the movie, other than a kidnapping victim, is trying to return a VHS tape of King Kong Lives, not a good movie, to a video store. <laughs> now, this is the one from the 80s that has Linda Hamilton in it. Is that correct? This this is the sequel to the one from the 80s where King Kong well, gets an artificial heart and knocks up a giant gorilla woman. Right, and I think Linda Hamilton is in that. Yeah, I think so. I think she's, she's, she's like the a doctor scientist or something? Or, yeah, something like that. Right, but it's a sequel to the Dino De Laurentiis one from the 70s yes. with, like, Jeff yes, Bridges. Yep. I, oh, I think, was it Stan Winston or some famous special effects guy is the female Kong in the movie? Because oh, nobody I, else I could think fit that's in Rick the suit. Oh, Rick Baker. I knew it was some name. It's I probably Rick, but Rick Baker's played a lot of apes. Hmm. And I think he was the guy who, I think he might have been, like, the Kong in the, remember that De Laurentiis one, they were supposed they built like a giant robot Kong, but yeah, it barely worked. Work. So most of the time, it's a guy in an ape suit. Yes. That's surprisingly good ape suit. It's better than the old um, Godzilla versus King Kong King Kong suit. That thing was a piece of shit. And anyway, this video store guy, who is kind of great in this, um, <laughs> is actually like a known Canadian actor. Oh, neat. Again. There was a semi-popular kind of comedy horror show, uh, Big Wolf on Campus. Oh, wow. And that. he was like the goofy sidekick of the titular werewolf. Yeah, I can't imagine him being main character. He has goofy sidekick written all over him. And it's, it's basically the same role. <laughs> but, and anyway, because of all this, um, Melvin has like a terrible ulcer. So, you know, oh, yeah, they, 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 He's drinking Maalox or the knockoff equivalent, like throughout the movie. And at one scene, he's opening a medicine cabinet in front of Christina Applegate. There's nothing but the Maalox in the cabinet. Yeah, I think it is Maalox. I I bet they got a cut of this. Quite possibly, because it's rather prominently featured. Because because he has ulcers all the, or problems of something all the time. Because everyone is shitting on him. Because he lets oh, yes. them shit. He's, on he's a real pushover. Yes. And indeed, he feels that he's being underpaid by uh, by Avery Brooks. So his crew, after conducting uh, an exciting action sequence 
inside the Winter Garden Theater where they um <laughs> they kill like a bunch of sex traffickers. Yeah, uh, some guy unnamed uh, smuggling and selling like barely legal girls, and they just murder. Well, um, Melvin murders all of them. Uh, the, the um Cisco and the, the other guy take credit for it by just firing at already dead bodies, and uh, um Cisco, Lou Diamond Phillips. After they get out, like, he gets the big bonus, because he said, oh no, the target was not killed by Melvin, he was still alive, he was clearly dead, as they flash back to a scene of him shooting another dead body. Yes. <laughs> but Melvin so needs they decide that bonus. That, you know... Melvin needs the bonus to pay off his mistress, who keeps asking for money, but she's not paying bills. Yes, and also his future in-laws are also asking for money. We'll get to them. Yeah. So anyway, they uh, they decide you know you know we're going to do an independent job, and that turns out to be kidnapping uh, the daughter of a local businessman, Jiro Nishi, uh, played by Sab Shimono, who is you've seen him in everything. Yeah, well, not I, I everything. Think he's the bad everything. guy in Ninja Turtles three. Uh, oh, oh, he's, yeah, I think so. As as James Hong is to. Chinese character actors. This guy is to Japanese character actors. Um, if you can't get Mako, yes. Yeah. Well, I guess you certainly can't get Mako these days. Well, no. This actor's still alive. But, but, but the thing was like, oh, Mako's busy on another movie. Let's get this other guy. Basically. But yeah, you've seen him. So, unfortunately, it turns out that due to uh, a recent foray into movie making in which he starred in his own movie, Tasted <laughs> the Golden Spray. And directed the most expensive movie ever wrote, made. directed, named, produced, and starred in. Uh, Taste he has no the money. Golden Spray. <laughs> He's flat broke. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> <coughs> So they they kidnap his daughter, who is of an indeterminate age. We'll say, yeah. Um, according to the writer, um, oh, what's his name, Ben Ramsey, he wrote the movie. He wrote was darker and less comedic, and, and like Smiley dies at the end. But he wrote, Ooh. he was putting in anime cliches intentionally in that uh, she was supposed to be like a schoolgirl. But they aged her up, much in the way many hentai would age up a character to release it in America. And, so uh, but she is wearing a, like, they kidnap her from, uh, what appears to be a high school. Yeah, it's like least. a prep they're school. We- like, like, they all have uniforms. They're wearing school and, uniforms. Well, yeah. But I think they refer to it as college. Game. Yeah, it's referred to, and, and the like, actress- like hentai, college, in quotes. Oh, and yeah, the the actress is China Chow, who I never really saw in anything else, but is actually kind of good in this. Yeah, she's really good. Like, I think this was her first acting gig, and she didn't do much else. Yeah, because there's a big but... and introducing China Chow. Yeah, but she's really good because there is a legitimately funny scene where, like, she you know they're recording a tape because this is the '90s and everybody just has big tape recorders of the <laughs> ransom note, but they have horribly misspelled it, so she is reading it out as it is written, and they're getting angry at her. <laughs> Yes, it's it's pretty funny actually. I I have to give the movie that. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of disappointed she hasn't been in more movies because she's damn good in this. 
And she is, uh, only three years younger than Mark Wahlberg, so it's not totally horrible. And in fact, they actually dated. Oh, yeah, it's, it's weird to see Mark Wahlberg look so young. It's like he, bar- he looks like he's 18 years old. He or is something. very baby-faced in this. Well, he's always a little baby-faced, but well, he's it- so, so, such a little child. <laughs> So anyway, he uh they uh they do eventually successfully kidnap her and uh also blow the head off her sort of handsy pseudo boyfriend in the back seat. Han- I, not just handsy, like rapey. Yeah, he is getting real rapey. Yeah. Oh, and they, so he gets only, gruesomely they murdered. They only actually kidnap her because they were supposed they wanted to uh bump off the the limo driver who um her dad had to pay with money borrowed from his lawyer. And the limo driver drives past them as they're arguing, stuck on the side of the road, and, and crunches complaining about jacking off again. And the limo pulls back because they're broken down, and that's the only reason this goes off without a hitch. <laughs> By accident. Uh. So he's the one who, because Smiley is such a putz, he is the one who has to take care of her. So he leaves her with his mistress, but short in short order, his mistress dumps him and also dumps him with, uh, with the the kidnapper dumps the girl on him. But not bef- not at. It turns out that she has his tape of King Kong lives. Yeah, and took it with him. Took it with her and her boyfriend, who she's been dating this whole time, getting money from Smiley. And they leave with the tape, with yes. the money, and drive off with bad directions. Which comes yes. back to bite them. And so so he's got her at home, and then he also has to deal with his future in-laws, <laughs> uh, played by the great Elliot Gould. Oh, I forgot Elliot Gould was in this movie. <laughs> was like, Oscar hey, nominee, Elliot, Elliot Gould, Gould and, uh, and Big Barda herself, Lainey Kazan. <laughs> Yeah, who, well, if you've seen old comedy movies, you've probably seen her and, and Elliot Gould. El- Elliot Gould is just Elliot Goulding all over this movie. Oh, I mean, they are both. He, he's just in the background. They're playing kind of uncomfortable Jewish stereotypes. God, yeah, like, I mean, I love this movie, but there are some things where it goes a little too far, and the Jewish stuff is, like, the main culprit. I don't know, but Elliot Gould, he, he's a lovable drunk. It's, I mean, Elliot Gould is always entertaining, and yeah. anyway, the the deal is that Lainey Kazan is, like, addicted to plastic surgery, and Elliot Gould is a problem alcoholic, and they both spend too much money, and they need money from Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And there are a bunch of hijinks where he is trying to keep this kidnapped girl from anybody seeing him. Yeah, the the movie literally becomes a farce at this point, with... The kidnapped victim hopping around, like, handcuffed and, and legs bound and gagged, hopping around out of sight of, of the Jewish in-laws and sneaking into the bathroom and in and out. There's door drama, like a Scooby-Doo episode. It's like the end of an episode of Frasier. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Unfortunately, oh, it turns out that... um that her dad and uh, Captain Cisco are buddies. So yes. now he is on the trail of, of these guys, and this ends up in uh, curtains for poor Gump. Yeah, oh, oh, uh, it's because um, her dad, what is it, what is it, Jiro Nishi, um, yes. gets a phone call while he's about to commit uh, 
Harikiri, Seppuku, whatever, about to cut his yes. belly open while singing opera. Oh, right. I forgot about that. He gets a phone call and they fuck up the phone call because Lou Diamond Phillips, the tape recorder, he has everything he recorded of her misreading the ransom note. And the, the, he yes. hangs up the first time. He starts, goes back to sing an opera, about to kill himself again, gets another phone call, then gets the, the proper message about there, about the killer. And, oh, the Trace Buster Buster scene, cause, um, unmentioned, um, member of their crew, Gump, who's an idiot with an odd speech impediment where he can't remember words and he stutters a bit. Like, he has a Trace Buster so they can't track his number. And, but, of course, they would have a Trace Buster Buster. But he has a Trace Buster Buster. It's, it's ridiculous because he keeps forgetting the word Trace and Lou Diamond Phillips is eating Chinese food. That's dumb. But anyway, they do get the message and he immediately calls up, uh, Avery Brooks as Paris, who's with his family in a nice evening and is fighting. It's, it's, it's his goddaughter they kidnapped and, he calls up Lou Diamond Phillips after he made the ransom call to come get his ass over there. And then, oh, the, yes. oh, the, the speech Avery Brooks gets, like, he's verging between Shakespearean and, and just plain insanity while swinging around a golf club. He's having a lot of fun with this. And he tells Lou Diamond Phillips' character to shut up at the beginning, but he keeps making comments. He keeps glaring at him. And then at the end of this yelling, he's like, what would you do to someone who had taken an affront and personally insulted your house? He's like, I'd, I'd bust some caps, bust some caps. And, and then he appoints Lou Diamond Phillips as the one to go after the people that kidnapped. And he's the kidnapper. <laughs> it's a farce. It's a farce with gunplates. Uh. <sighs> So, uh, so anyway, he, he ends up letting her, uh, like out of her, uh, her bonds and they, uh, they kind of cook dinner together for a little while. Um, after there's a and creepy they, they scene bond. where he, after there's a creepy scene where he, he lets her go to the bathroom by pulling up and down her underwear, which is a very bad anime scene. But yeah, the, the that cooking, was they giving me real bad dinner. anime vibes. After cooking a Paso or trying to cook a Passover dinner and they're sort of getting, Flirting, sort of, like kidnap victim and schlubby assassin. It, it's the, a very weird scene. Like she's kind of psychoanalyzing him that he's a total, he's a total doof. Yes. He's a whipped. And then she doof. takes the first opportunity to try and escape. Of course. Yes. And then about this time, you know, they, they, everybody comes in for dinner and also here comes, uh, you know, Lou Diamond um, Phillips and Antonio Sabato Jr. However, luckily, Bokeem Woodbine has decided to get the F out of Dodge and calls Melvin, well, uh, in the airport attempting to buy the proper aloe vera lotion whilst no, using no, no. a hand exerciser. Incorrect. He does not want that aloe vera bullshit. He wants lanolin while lanolin. exercising his My masturbating mistake. hand. <laughs> oh, but we skipped over the part where, um, Lou Diamond Phillips comes to Gump because, of course, they they were using a Trace Buster Buster made by the man whose daughter they kidnapped. So, of course, he could yes. figure out where the fuck they are. So, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips kills the, sh the idiot tech guy, Gump, in a really yes. dark scene where, oh, we finally have a villain. It's Lou Diamond Phillips. 
Damn. Yeah, and he's hamming it up in this movie. Oh, it's, it's like like he's trying to out amp Avery Brooks, and it's working. Yes. And I think this is also where I should mention the soundtrack, because this is a 90s movie, and there's so much ska going on in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess. I, I don't recognize music that well. Nothing is really familiar. I think at one part, Wahlberg sings the There is a ska cover of Joe Jackson's I'm the Man. Oh, that song. Yeah, that, that plays a few times. That's kind of Smiley's theme. It's the ending it's, song because his last line is, I'm the man. It's over the top. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the uh, the assassination squad busts into uh, his suburban house. Oh, and uh, I'll also note that there is a brief scene where Melvin is mocked by one of his neighbors, who is played by prominent Canadian voice actor John Stalker. Huh. Uh, probably best known as Beastly on Care Bears and all these zillion characters who sound like him. Oh, okay, whatever. Oh, it's not that they He's kind of doing like a Jackie Gleason impression. It's not that they actually bust into the house. Smiley's taking the call from uh, Crunch. And then he comes back to the dining room table and, and Lou Diamond Phillips and two goons are sitting there with his in, soon to be in-laws. Well, soon not to be in-laws because they went to temple and decided, nah, daughter, you're not going to marry the, the little white boy, Catholic, Irish, German, whatever the fuck. <clears throat> but yeah, they're having a nice dinner with guns under the table. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there. Uh, this all culminates with Elliot Gould puking on Lou Diamond Phillips after giving a twisted, broken, I- insulting um, "Look who's coming to dinner" kind of speech. Yes. So, uh, yeah, there. There's a shootout. Um, the uh, the Shulmans flee after you know. Pam and uh, Melvin go their separate ways. Yeah, there's a line at, as as Christina Applegate is sneaking away, and, and Mark Wahlberg asks, "Are you breaking up with me, bro? There's a Pats game this weekend. I got two tickets." <laughs> yeah, well, he's in Toronto, so if anything, he's going to see the Argos. I don't think he's a fan of the Argos, bro. That's going to depress him. Uh, watch the whole game. They they miss the fourth down. I don't get it. <laughs> There are only three downs in Canadian football. I know. I know. It took me a second to get that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's Elliot Gould isn't seen, but presumably not shot to death because he's in between Wahlberg and Lou Diamond Phillips as they're having a shootout in their house. Yeah, so, so Melvin and Keiko escape together. And I, I keep saying Keiko because I've been uh, watching. Speaking of Star Trek, I've been watching Next Generation, so I'm just slipping into Colin Meany's accent. Ah, uh, uh, Keiko. <laughs> I can't. Which I just, can't get the replicator to make the right kind of potatoes. 
Which just makes me think of that comic where um, O'Brien is just this sad guy who's never visited in the transporter room, whatever that <laughs> webcomic is called. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is. So while they are escaping, they run into Chantel. <laughs> they run into breaks everybody. Up with her. Yeah, this, like, it's it's a it's a veritable mad, 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 mad world out there. I haven't expected them to run to Spencer Tracy. Yeah, it, it's a four car crash with with the limo with Avery Brooks and, and her dad and and Wahlberg and her and and, and the hitman and Lou Diamond Phillips and and the the mistress with her money and the videotape. And Wahlberg go Wahlberg after the crash. Wahlberg gets out of the car, goes, picks up the money and the videotape. Yells at his ex-mistress, doesn't shoot him because he's a nice guy and doesn't want people to hate him, and then proceeds to take, try to take the videotape back to return it as he's escaping with his new, maybe, girlfriend kidnapped victim, and of course Luma Diamond Phillips is, goes back to chase after him. Oh no, wait. No, he chucks a grenade in the car that had the henchman and Right, he thinks, Diamond right, and there are a bunch of explosions, and I think he thinks he's dead. But yeah, which he, is a yeah, he goes thing. to this big top video, and I, I gotta say, this was giving me some real, like, I could, this was some good set dressing, because I could practically smell that video store. Yeah, I couldn't smell it, but I think I've been in, well, this is a weird, like, two-level video store that I've never been in, but it reminded me of many video stores. I, I could, like, feel it, the carpet under my shoes. And it had, had yes, almost nothing like but, the, like, trauma posters. <laughs> Yeah, there are way too many get. trauma posters. Yeah, there's Toxic Adventure 2, Kabuki Man, Tromeo and Juliet. Hey, James Gunn wrote that. And indeed, uh, the video store guys there. I also like there's a wall of Polaroids of uh, bad customers. Yeah, that... Uh, I don't remember any video store ever having that, but... No, that's, that's ridiculous. I've been to some cheesy video stores that probably would have wanted to do that. Who else is demanding King Kong lives? I know. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Nobody at that time. I would watch that movie again, though, but <laughs> it's not a good movie. And then there is a giant fight in this video store. Yes. Uh, between Smiley and Cisco. Um, at one point, we, uh, we get a glimpse of the adult section, which is uh, on the door of which is a poster of Bokeem Woodbine as their customer of the month. <laughs> No, it, it's that a, got a big really, stupid laugh out of me. That's a oh, that was so, that's such a good gag that really doesn't need to be there. But it's big posters like number one customer of the month for the adult section in small print, <laughs> just giving thumbs it's up. So it, stupid. It's, yes, that's that's what I love about this movie. It's so ridiculously stupid, but it just goes all out because they're having a massive two level knife fight. Well, Lou Diamond Phillips has nice um. Wahlberg doesn't have anything. Just all over no. the store, swinging from a chandelier of metal and pipe hanging from the ceiling that no video store would ever have, but it has the trauma posters hanging from it. <sighs> so eventually, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips gets stabbed in the chest, but he has like one of those dead man switch grenade things. So no, Melvin. No, it's not. Uh, no, Melvin has it. I don't know right. why he has it. It's it's on his person, and then Lou Diamond Phillips grabs it in his death grip. 
Yes. Because he's dying talking about wanting to sail away on a boat and maybe shoot some dolphins. Yes. And as he's dying, it, it gets set together because there was the same kind of explosive earlier in the movie. The two liquids come together and big fucking explosion. Yes. So he's, however, he survives this, this explosion. I know. So yeah, um, Sab, uh, Sab Shimono and Avery Books thinks he, think he's dead. But in fact, he, he lived by surviving under a giant solid gold standup <laughs> made for taste the golden spray. The most expensive movie standee ever made. Yes. It was well made. <laughs> Which is another dumb joke. <laughs> so he goes, he picks up Keiko, and they, uh, they go, and I guess they, they somehow get, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips' boat. Yeah, well, no, er- earlier in the movie, I, I think Lou Diamond Phillips said, if anything oh, right, ever because happens, he's to me, joking, like, if boat. I die, I want you to get my boat. Yeah. Yeah, in the scene where we get to see um Antonio Sabato Jr., Bokeem Woodbine, and Lou Diamond Phillips' ass in quick succession. We don't yes. get to see Marky Mark's ass, but there's a lot of male ass in this movie. There the first, is a surprising like, amount of male butt. Yep. No tits. And, no. And uh, that is a little surprising. We were still doing nudity in the 90s. Yeah, I know. Oh well. Anyway, and that There's is only like three female the, characters. Uh, this is or true. Four. Uh, yeah. Well, Lainey Kazan was in Playboy uh, in like the seventies. Ah uh, no. Well, in fact, that was no. uh, allegedly what inspired Jack Kirby's creation of Big Barda. Really? She's that yes. tall? Well, I guess she's almost as tall as Elliot Gould, and he's huge. I mean, I'm sure she's not. As tall as Big Barda, but I mean, she's also not, you know, uh, you know. I thought Big Barda was more inspired by, um, Jack Kirby's wife. I mean, kind of more personality, but I think physically she kind of looks like a 70s oh. Lainey Kazan. Oh, okay. Anyway, so yeah, this, this movie is ludicrous. It is the 90s condensed into <laughs> a solid hour and a half of pure stupidity. Yeah, it's comedy, it's it's gunfights, it's almost Tarantino-ish, but not really. It, it's Hong Kong, because the director's from Hong Kong, and, and action, and it's, it's oh, so many good, stupid things that work together. Even if Mark Wahlberg is kind of a horrible human being in yes. real life. Well, it's nice to see him, at, at the very least, um, the, the Asian person in this movie is probably the person he's nicest to. Yes. So I guess that's that, that, something. That makes up for shit he did when he was a teenager. Uh, yeah, not quite. No, no, it doesn't. Oh, but well, this was apparently pr- produced by both Wesley Snipes and John Woo. Yes. The the reason this was made was like, oh, some somebody got the script to, I think it was Wesley Snipes first somehow. And then he, he had a production company with John Woo and it happened. It's very strange. But but well worth it because oh, I I love this stupid movie. <laughs> it is phenomenally stupid, but uh, but I I enjoyed it and it's on Canadian Netflix. Hmm. I don't know if it's on regular Netflix. I I have a VHS or a DVD, not a VHS. <laughs> if I had those on VHS, that'd be more entertaining because the running gag. But it, it, yes, 
I did not realize there was director commentary on this because this is a really early DVD. Oh, wow. It's, well, because when did DVDs start? Like, um, like late 90s, maybe early 2000s? Yeah. So this, I don't know, when did it come out? Right at, didn't, did DVDs come out right after the movie back then? I think it took like years, I, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. So this this might have actually only come out in like 2000 or something, but it's still pretty early for a DVD. And then yeah. it has a director and a writer commentary, separate tracks. It's a lot for back then. They, they, they were proud. There's a lot of paperwork in this goddamn thing. Like there's there's a two page insert of of listing how this movie was made. It's ridiculous. Uh, so many pictures so yes, of I... all the actors, but not one picture of Avery Brooks. I'm disappointed. Oh, they'd have to pay Paramount money if they did that. Yeah, a lot of Bokeem so... Woodbine though. Yeah, I mean, I... Bokeem Woodbine is maybe the guy who's had the most successful career following this movie. Uh, well, him and Wahlberg, I guess. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Yeah, because Lou Diamond Phillips hasn't been in enough movies. Enough good I mean, you movies. see him in things, but he's not like a, yeah, like a name. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, Elliot Gould and... Uh, well, Elliot Gould was before. Yes, and likewise for Lainey Kazan. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, if you get a chance to like catch this on TV or on Netflix or whatever, it's it's kind of worth reliving the great year of 1998. Yeah. And also, of course, Torontonians uh, have fun playing Spot the Location. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, uh, so I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and uh, please join us next time. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm David. Some cats. Trace Buster Buster Buster. Buster.